Good morning, everybody. It's a privilege one more time to be with you this morning. Hopefully you think the same way. Uh, <laughs> but um, for those of you who, you know, who are visiting us today, you know, my name is Pastor Eric. I'm the Hispanic Outreach Pastor for, of this church. And English is not my first language. I do my best. But if I say something inappropriate, Brahm, uh, please don't be offended. Laugh as much as you want and then let me know what I did. Uh, let's put this time in the Lord's hands. Dear Lord, thank you very much for the opportunity that we have to come today uh, to scratch a little bit more about who you are, oh Father. Thank you, Lord, because we have the opportunity and the time and this good weather and a, a building and, a, you know, air conditioning and all these things to make us, you know, feel comfortable to be able to hear your word. But I am I'm asking you, Lord, oh, dear Father, that you prepare our hearts today. That's way more important than any other thing. That you prepare our hearts today for the message. That you take away whatever... You know, uh, whatever is on the way, any worries, any responsibilities, today is your day. The day that we have to rest and focus on you, O oh Father. So help us, O oh Father. Help our hearts, you know, to focus in this message this morning. I ask that you, through your Holy Spirit, talk to us. Because it's not me talking, it will be you talking, O oh Father. Help me to be a bridge. Help me to say what you want me to say. All these things I ask you in Jesus' name. Amen. And today, uh, Pastor asked me, you know, we keep talking about, you know, the vine. You know, you know to be connected to Jesus Christ. To, to cultivate things. And I highly appreciate the correction. Last week I was saying cultivating. But Sister Twyla told me that I have to say cultivating. Thank you, Sister Twyla. I practiced like a hundred times. So finally it came up. Uh, thank you. You're welcome anytime to help me. Uh, I, you know, I, I started studying the Bible one year ago or two years ago in English and doing my devotionals in English. But it's still a challenge. Of course, it takes me extra time to do it in English. But for the Lord be the glory. Uh, as I said, Pastor asked me to preach about cultivating peace in the midst of chaos. You know, uh, and... What a wonderful experience it's been to prepare this message. And as usual, I want to ask you something to start. And then I want to give you a little bit about history, about the, what really means peace. But what comes to your mind when we said peace? What, you know, what's the first thing that comes to your mind when we say peace? You know, I'm not, you know maybe the 60s, you know, where, you know, I wasn't there yet, but... But I hear that, you know, that that was the time of peace. You know, everybody was happy, you know. I don't really know what's that about, you know. But, but I, I found a picture who will maybe represent peace, you know. Uh, Brian, can you put the first picture, please? You know. <laughs> you know, I was debating if I should put that one or a picture of my cat sleeping in my car. But I found, you know, that that really represents peace. Because peace comes, you know, from shalom, from peace. But shalom really means safe. Safe, but, it, but it's very connected to, to rest. Because when you have peace, you can rest. You can finally, you know, slow down. You can finally rest. 
but it's more and more and more the first connection or the first meaning you know, into it is safe. That's the real meaning of peace in the Bible. Peace, you know, and he's very peaceful. You know, he feels safe. You know, nobody can touch him. You know, I found, and I, I divide it in different phases. You know, what peace means to us today? What are the phases of peace? And the first phase of peace in the Bible is it's like a greeting. It's like a salutation. It's like what we say today, you know, hello, goodbye. In the Bible times, people use it a lot. You know, when people live, you know, live in peace. Like Luke 7.50, Jesus said to the woman, Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. It was the way to which people be safe. You know, that's what my mom used to say. I don't know what you said to your kids, but you know, my mom said, Watch out, I will be here when you come back. No. Uh, my mom said, you know, be careful. You know, watch out. Pay attention. In my country, you are, you are constantly trained to look your surroundings. You know, my country is not as nice as, you know, beautiful and little Salem. So constantly you're looking around. Constantly you're thinking, no, if I get between that car and that wall, they could, you know, put me against the wall and say, take something from me. I better walk into the middle of the street. Oh, no, that's too dark. I better go, you know, in a different street. You're constantly thinking how, how you know, be safe, how to be safe, how to be safe. But that's how, you know, it's been used in the Bible to, to be able to say goodbye, be safe, be safe. When somebody arrives, that's the first thing they said. You know, when somebody arrives, and I found something really, really nice in, that, in this one, and it's in John 2019. John 2019, uh, I don't know if, uh, I, I asked you this last week, but if you want to take notes, it's really powerful because you can really study back home and remember what I said. Uh, but I found something really beautiful here. It, and this is after Jesus, you know, came back from the death. After he r- raised from death. And said, on the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear to the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. You know, it was the way to say, hello, I'm here, don't worry. What a wonderful picture, you know, from Jesus to us. Even in that little thing, you know, that's Jesus to us. When Jesus comes to our picture, we we can think, everything is going to be fine. Jesus will take care of it. You know, Jesus is saying, hello. You know, maybe today we think, we feel safe, you know, when your car broke down in the middle of the road. Most of us call, you know, AAA. And then two hours later, they show up. And then you, when they show up, you finally feel relief. Finally, they came. Finally, I have hope. You know, finally, I feel peace. I feel safe. You know, that's a temporary safe, a temporary rest. You know you're going to be home soon. But what a beautiful picture. Just in this, Jesus himself saying, be safe, peace with you. They were scared. They were locking in a room. You know, Jesus just appeared in the middle of them and said, Be safe, I'm here. And that's been Jesus to me and maybe, and I'm, of course, I know to many of us. You know, in the middle of the darkness hour, He showed up with His light and said, Be, you know, peace with you, I'm here. 
That's you know that's another way. It was another. It was a way to start a letter. You know, it's, peace be with you. You know, uh, today you know in in America I always you know when they start teaching me how to type things and they said well you have to put dear you know dear Maria and I said well, well why should I call dear to, you know dear if I don't know her. But they say that that's how they do it in America. Okay, so dear, whatever, or whoever, and that's that's how you start a letter. And you see that in many of the Paul's letters, you know, he he, he said, "Peace be with you." This is the Apostle Paul. You know, it was a way to say hello in a letter, but it is is it was a way to say you know hello, bye, and because they wish shalom, peace. God is my peace. It's one of the names of God Himself. Shalom. He's your peace. He's your rest. And basically means, because in those days, you know, you know, when you travel, it will take many days. You know, it's like it's when in some some places here you cannot feel really safe, but uh, but not here, around here. But but in those days, you know, you have to travel long walks. You know, with your donkey or your horse or whatever, and that every corner you were looking, you know. If somebody was hiding, you know, to steal your things, you know. So that was the way to say, Shalom, be safe, have peace. You know, I remember that, and I, I remember that when, uh, when uh, I was younger in Colombia, you know, we have a lot of issues with the guerrillas and paramilitaries and a lot of things. And, at the begin- and they start kidnapping people for no reason. At the beginning, they only keep not people with a lot of money. So we say, ah, oh, they will not touch me because I don't have money. <laughs> but then when they run out of people with money, they start doing something they call miracle fishing. And miracle fishing basically means they stop a car. They don't, they don't know if you have the money. They don't know nothing about you. But they say, who can drive in this car? Oh, me and my wife. So I say, okay, I'm going to take your wife, and you have five hours to come back here with $2,000, or when, she, when you come back, she's going to be dead. And they don't know if you have the money. They don't know if you have the means to it. And that, you know, and I remember when we travel from one city to the other, we usually never leave the big city, but when we have to, I, I remember this, the, the shalom, the peace, because every corner, you know, we were looking if it was something ahead. And we were always counting our watches. If we didn't see traffic coming the other way for more than 15 minutes, we stop until we see somebody else passing by. Because that means they're stopping cars ahead of us. And it was constantly, constantly. But one time, they, the three groups stopped us on the way. Because they were forcing that kids to go into the mountains to fight, even when you didn't want to. So... In one trip, they stopped us three times. The Colombian army stopped us, the FARC stopped us, the guerrillas, and then the paramilitary stopped us. The three different groups stopped us in five hours period. And I was so happy that my mom every time was sleeping because she will be in, you know, in so much trouble. And I feel peace. You know, the, the, you know, the guerrillas asked me, get, that, get out of the car. Okay. You know. And the Lord make us, make us arrive in peace. He make us arrive safe. You know, so that really, you know, came to my mind when I studied this, this, this portion. Another phase of peace is peace with each other. Ah, now we're becoming, and we're coming into something harder to do. Peace with each other. 
That's not easy to do. That's easy to say, but not easy to do. And we found that in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 3, make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace, to the bond, to the connection. Make every effort. Make, you know, is a birth, is an action. You have to do something to try to keep peace with each other. And that's hard to do with family members, even with church. You know, we, people get upset about things that they're so not relevant, maybe for us, but they're relevant for them. So it's hard to keep peace. Romans 12:18 said, If it's possible, as Pharisee depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Live in peace with everyone. If, if it's on you, if it's on us, we have to live in peace. The Bible talks about peacemakers. You know, happy, happy, happy. Those of you who, has, who are peacemakers, because they will be called children of God. What a wonderful experience, you know, when I've been uh, so many times, and actually I, I was this morning from uh, 1.30 to maybe 2.30 or 3, helping Salem PD with a, with a case. And, you know, sometimes they go to places that they're not having peace. And they get upset because they think pastor is changing what they're saying. And I say, no, 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 no. I'm here just as the interpreter. That's not my business. You know, I didn't, I'm not, not, not going to do anything bad to you. But we have to be peacemakers. And they try to figure it out, figure it out. And sometimes I get upset myself. And I'm the pastor. And the police officer is the one saying, pastor, come down. You know, we're going to fix it. I say, Shh. Especially when I see that they're, you know, mistreating one of my kids. That makes me upset. That takes the, my peace away. And I have to remind myself I have to be a peacekeeper. I have to be a peacemaker. But it's hard. You know, and something that we have to remember, you know, we're talking about cult- cultivating peace. One of the ways we have to cultivate peace here in the church is be peaceful with each other. To talk to each other. To help each other. And, and I found a verse talking specifically about it. Specifically about it. You know, how we have to do, be peaceful with each, with each other. And, but sometimes it's not possible. And we, we see cases in the Bible. We have to be honest. You know, Paul and, Paul and Silas, remember when they fight? It was something that they could not figure out. They will not figure it out. They, they live in peace, but they, Paul said, I'm going to go this way, and Silas, you go that way. And they loved the Lord deeply. But it was something that they could not figure out. That's what it says right there. If it's possible, you have to live in peace. But sometimes the better option is just take some distance. You know, take some distance. Pray for them, but take some distance because, you know, it it will hurt you. When a church is in peace, increase their their numbers. That's what it says in Acts 9.31. Then the church through Judea, Galilee, and Samaria enjoy a time of peace. And was stronger, living in fear of the Lord and encouraged by the Holy Spirit. It increased in numbers. What a beautiful picture. A church that is submitted to the Lord. 
Because if you don't surround yourself to the Lord, you will not have peace. We will talk about it, you know, a little bit ahead. But what a beautiful picture. A church who has, you know, peace. A time of peace. And I ask you, what people maybe think when they walk into our church? Do you think they think we are a church of peace? Or we are a church of something else? And that will, you know, and I, the Lord doesn't care about numbers. You know, if the Lord cared about numbers, He could maybe instead of having 12 disciples, He could have 24 disciples. No, he, 12 disciples changed the world and changed us today. So I, 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 don't, I never pay attention to numbers. I'd rather spend the whole afternoon with one of my Marias than having 50 kids and keep asking them to sit down because I cannot you know, spend time with them, really. But, you know, as a church, are we a church of peace? It's something to think about it. Are we a church of peace? Do we allow the Holy Spirit to work through our church? Because sometimes when we, we, we put our focus in so many other things. You know, in technology, in how beautiful is this, how, oh, we can grow if we have such and such a program or such and such a machine, or, you know. But we forgot that basically what we need to grow is around ourselves to Jesus Christ and allow the Holy Spirit to use our church to be an alive church. And it said right there. Then the church through Judea, Galilee, and Samaria enjoy a time of peace and was a stronger living in fear of the Lord through the Holy Spirit. That's another phase of peace. Peace talks about, you know, what we think about it, you know, that the easy one. It's lack of war, you know, no confrontation, peace. And many times the Lord made peace. If you remember that when the Israelites were walking through the desert and facing different challenges, many towns, as they, the Bible, you can find it many, many times, they said, the people feared the God of Israel. So they make peace right away. You know, they were so afraid of the Lord that they said, no, 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 the Israelites are coming, we have to make peace right away. You remember those ones who faked that they, you know, they came with really old clothes and, you know, really beat up shoes. And now we came from far, far away to make peace with you. And they were the neighbors. But they knew the Lord had power. They feared the Lord. You know, it's like uh, somebody said in the, uh, that they have in, in their license plate, Don't mess with me, my father runs the world. I don't know if I will put it in my plate, but... But, uh, you know, it's not that I don't believe it. It's just that I don't want to, you know, if the police is, you know, is behind me, I don't want you to remember that. <laughs> no, no, no. Something else to think about it, and that's when we're coming more practical in, in the sermon, you know, and when we start talking about cultivating peace, is, is to think about what takes us away from, the, from God's peace. What do you think takes us away from God's peace? And you can... Number many, many, many things. You know, worry, money, you know, whatever make you worry, whatever make you trouble, whatever make you, you, you know, make you think too much, those things take you away from God, from God's peace, from God, God you know, keeping you safe, keep making you rest. 
But I think it's two major things that we have to remember that take us away from the Lord's peace. And the first of it is unconfessed sin. Unconfessed sin. And yet we have to remember, we're all sinners here. You know, we all have a sin that we have to, we're struggling. And the good news is when you're done with that one, the Lord will give you another one. Because you have to keep getting better and better and better. If you think you're not a sinner, uh, think about it twice. But unconfessed sin, you know, is something that takes you, take you away or takes us away from having the Lord's peace. It's like the movie. Uh, I really didn't like the movie, but it came to my mind when I was doing the sermon. You know, I know what you did last summer. You know, I don't know if I should ask you, what did you do last summer? You know, but something is for sure. The Lord knows what we did last summer. The Lord knows what we did yesterday. The Lord knows what we did 20 years ago. And that's what it talks in, in, in Luke 8.17. For there is nothing hidden that will not be disclosed. And nothing concealed that it will not be known, known or brought into the open. Nothing will stay there. Nothing will it be, you know, will it stay there. You can say, oh, pastor, mm, I think, I think, uh, you know, uh, that's not really true. I, I did it so many years ago, and then at the end of my life, I didn't get cut. It's too, you know, it's done. Yeah, I did it, I've been doing it for so many times. It's okay, everybody does it. Let me tell you, the fact that everybody doesn't, doesn't mean that the Lord is okay with it. They make us think that. Oh, you, you know, you have to say, yes, everybody does it, it's okay. But the Lord said, He doesn't like it. He doesn't like it, He doesn't like it. Isn't there such a thing as the perfect crime? You know, they always say, you know, the FBI files and those shows. But I will tell you today, isn't there such a thing as the perfect sin? It's not a sin that the Lord doesn't know. And I'm going to ask Brian to change the picture, please, for the picture of the angels. And that's why. And that's what is, I have, that's a picture, and I use it many times, but that's the picture I have in my mind one more time, you know, the whole time. Hebrews 12, 1. Therefore, since since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hides. We're surrounded. That's why I said, it's not such a thing as the perfect sin or the perfect crime. You can say, oh, I did it so many years ago. Let me tell you, maybe nobody here knows about it. Maybe your family doesn't know about it. Maybe you keep... You know, tell lies to yourselves, oh, nobody will figure it out. But you know it's there. And maybe in the last corner of your heart, you know it's there. You know you have something that you didn't finish. You know you have a sin that you didn't confess. And as the picture shows us, and remember us, we have thousands of angels looking at us. And that's, what, that's you know, I have that in my mind every day. When somebody cut me in traffic in Cleveland, I say, they're lucky I'm a pastor. (laughs) 
Because otherwise I... <sighs> but I know the Lord is looking at me. And I would rather people to see that I'm a pastor. Not because I'm dressed up. And I, you know, sometimes I say, oh, today I look like a pastor. But I'd rather people see I'm different because of the way I act. The rather of the way I, I dressed. Even my lawyer one time told me, my immigration lawyer said, Pastor, I bring so many religious visas, but I think actually you're the first pastor that I think that really works. And I said, well, praise the Lord. It's not on me, it's on him. But that's something that it will take you away from the peace that God has for you. And confess sin. So think about it. I'm not accusing you. And just asking us together to keep cleaning our hearts. And the medicine is John 1.9. If you confess your sin, the Lord is good to forgive you and clean you. So confess it. Fix it. The Lord will forgive you. And He will clean you. You know, and sometimes you have to be there 10 times a day or 20 times a day. But keep cleaning your heart. The Satan, the enemy, doesn't want you to do it. Oh, no, just, it's okay. Everybody does it. That's not a sin. You know, it's not a sin. Ask the Lord to fix it. Other thing that it will take you away from, from peace from the Lord. You know, we're talking about cultivating peace. How can we cultivate peace? I think a huge part in, in the Christianity today is the lack of restitution. Lack of restitution. I say, oh, that's a kind of a long word, a hard word to remember. Restitution. Lack of restitution. We don't really talk about it much. But it's a very important. You know, restitution doesn't mean that God didn't forgive you. If you do something to somebody else, the Lord, and you ask for forgiveness, the Lord will forgive you. You're clean. With the Lord, you're okay. But you have to remember that you have relationships with other people too. So the Lord, you know, and people is, Father, oh, the Lord knows. The Lord already forgive me about it. But you know you have something against somebody. You know you didn't ask for forgiveness from that person for what you did to them. I don't know what it was. But it's very important because you know you didn't ask for forgiveness. Oh, but my Lord, forgive me. You know, I'm so righteous. The Lord forgive you. I'm telling you, the Lord forgive you. But you know in the bottom of your heart that you didn't ask for forgiveness. And it's there bothering you. And we're, you know, every time, every year I study the Bible with a different subject. Last year I studied the whole year of the Bible thinking about death. But the Lord is already leading me to, for 2018 to study the Bible thinking about the heart. To thinking what, in, what an important thing is to keep our heart clean in, in so many ways. Everything comes from the heart. But you know you didn't ask for forgiveness. You, didn't, you know you didn't apologize to that person. You know you didn't pay somebody back. Maybe you owe some money to somebody. And I'm not only talking about money, but maybe you want something to somebody. Maybe a good meal. Maybe a thank you. Maybe you know, you know, 
Ah, you say, oh, well, that was so many years ago, they don't remember. But you do, and it's bothering you. And besides, it doesn't bother me anymore. Just clean it. Fix it. Maybe somebody that you know, something that you never return. Look your garage. And say, oh, maybe you forgot about it. But start thinking about it. Say, Lord, let me return it. Maybe that person is one of the, I, you know, I, she never gave me that back. You, know. you don't know. Maybe for you, you don't even, even know about it. But for that person, it's such a big thing. You know, people, people get upset about so many things. And that's why I usually say in public, please, if you see me in the streets and I don't say hello, pull my ear, you know, pull my hair. And, and sometimes I'm so focused on what I'm doing, I, you know, I look ahead. I don't look around. I was like, oh, pastor, something, he didn't say hello. I'm sorry, I didn't see you. I was driving. I'm supposed to look ahead. <laughs> but people get offended. So ask the Lord to clean, to look through your stuff. And, and do restitution. We commit sins, we confess the sin. Oh, no, it's okay, we're going to move to a new city. You know, we're going to move into a new state. And you damage so many people behind you. Maybe years ago, and you're in a new city, in a new church, in a new family maybe, but you know you have something unfinished behind you. That will take the peace of the Lord away from you. You know, that's the medicine. The, the medicine is that you have to fix it. You have to fix it. And that's what he said. Let us therefore make every effort to do what leads to peace and mutual edification. Romans 14.19. Romans, for those of you who are taking notes, Romans 14.19. Let us therefore make every effort to do. It's an action. You have to do whatever it takes. Whatever it takes to lead to peace. What a wonderful feeling when you know it's not an elephant in the room. Start killing those elephants. And I'm not asking you to go in a safari and kill people, you know, animals, please. But you know about those elephants. We have elephants, big elephants in the church. We have to start killing them and asking them to leave and, and using that place for the Holy Spirit to be in our church, in our lives, in whatever we do. But ma mainly it's because we don't do restitution. We don't ask for forgiveness from somebody else. Because we are arrogant. But let me tell you, the Lord wasn't arrogant. The Lord died for you. So you, if He could do it, we can do it. And it's hard. So make, make a new habit for you. I have the habit of, I don't lie no matter what. Doesn't matter who I will get upset Many years ago, I said, Lord, one of the seals of my ministry is going to be that I never lie. Not a little thing, not a big thing. And now, it's so easy now. It's automatic. You know, and sometimes, you know, so, uh, uh, the people call it a white, a white, you know, lie. You know, when maybe your, your, your wife says, do you like the food? Oh, Lord, what I have to tell the truth? <laughs> So Shirley knows with all my love, I said, Shirley, don't make me this again or I will go to Taco Bell. 
But she knows we're clean. Makes me happy, makes her happy. You know, start doing restitution. Start, you know, com- confessing your, 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 your secret sins to have the real peace of the Lord. And we're getting, I'm running out of time, so I'm going to hurry up. But, you know, the, the, the last reason, mainly, why you don't have peace in your life is because lack of faith. Lack of faith. We don't allow the Lord to be glorified Showing his miracles and his wonders. We're so impatient. For you know, We're asking for something in prayer. And maybe the, the answer is not coming. So we lose peace. You know, but remember. The Lord is allowed, you, the Lord is allowed to say yes. To say no. Or to say wait. I see the face of the Lord in, in, in seconds. I was think when I was wor- working in this, the Lord kept sending me miracles and miracles that He did. And I maybe mentioned it before, but He, for some reason, reminded me about something very small. About a Pepsi. One time when I was here in America, uh, I didn't have any money. I was living with maybe 5 or $10 a month. And I didn't have money to buy nothing, absolutely nothing. I, the, I, I eat because somebody invited me that day to eat. And one day I remember that the Lord put it in my mind. He, yeah, I was so, so thirsty for a Pepsi. And you will say, oh, that's silly, you know, that's not, not really, a, you know, a healing may be a nice one, but not a Pepsi. But I was so thirsty, I said, Lord, I wish I could drink a Pepsi or a Coke or whatever, but I, you know, I don't have the money to buy a, a, you know, to buy a pub. And so, I don't have the money, Lord. I, I'm okay with it. I'm just letting you know that I really, really wish to drink a bit. <laughs> I need caffeine. And I'm telling you, in less than 15 minutes, somebody knocked on my door. And she lived 20 minutes away from my house. And she said, oh, hello. I said, hey, how you doing? How may I help you? She said, no, I just stopped you. You know, I was driving by and I have an extra Pepsi. I stopped to give it to you. <laughs> and I said, but what, what did you come here for? No, for, for no reason. I just, I just want to give you this Pepsi. <laughs> Imagine how much I enjoy that Pepsi. The Lord sent somebody 20 minutes away to send me, give me a Pepsi. And I'm telling you many, many, many other stories like that. One time I was in, in Guatemala City and I didn't have any money. I was completely, I, I sold everything I got in my house. I didn't have a stove. I was sleeping on the floor. But I said, Lord, I'm like Apostle Paul. Yeah, I came here with two suitcases. I will live with two suitcases. I don't care. And I went to the mall just to have air conditioning, you know. And I sit there and I say, Lord... I don't have any money, uh, but I really wish I can get a McDonald's. In maybe 20, 10 minutes, some, a couple, of, you know, like 10 tables away from me, they start waving at me. I said, oh, well, they, you know, wave, come. I going to say hello. I said, oh, pa- missionary, you know, we recognize you. You went to my church one time, months ago, and we're getting ready to eat McDonald's. Would you like to join us? I sit down and I start eating my McDonald's. I was so happy. <laughs> but then, you know, 
I said, Lord, I don't want to abuse you, but I really love the movie theater. <laughs> and I started looking at the movie theater, eating my McDonald's. They said, Lord, I, I, wish, I really wish I could go to watch a movie. And then they said, missionary, we're thinking about watching a movie. Would you like to join us? He always gave me the plus, and that's faith. We have to allow the Lord to work. I don't, I, I always have peace. Peace is the turning wheel of my life. If I don't have peace, I don't move forward no matter what. And sometimes it's hard. I remember when Pastor Leonard called me and said, hey, Pastor Eric, you need a car right now. Your car is broken in pieces. And, I, and I'm going to give you, you know, I'm going to help you. Get a, get a nice car. And I said, okay. I pray all night. I didn't have peace. And I called him the next morning. I said, Pastor, I apologize, but I don't have peace. So you can keep your money. I'm sorry. Sometimes it's hard, but the Lord didn't give me peace. But now he gave me a wonderful Toyota Highlander with leather seats that I can clean after I have 20 kids there. He works on it. You know, we fear so much. We fear the future. We worry too much. And we don't allow the Lord uh, to, to really take care of it. Remember when Jesus was sleeping in the boat? You know, the disciples were like, oh, we're going to die, we're going to die, you know. And they were fishermen, you know. They know what they were doing. And what Jesus was doing? Taking a nap. He's in charge. No matter what you're going through, He's in charge. Ask for forgiveness if you think you're not, faith, you know, you're not putting enough faith. But Second Peter... 2 Peter 10.2 says, Grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and Jesus Christ our Lord. It really means if you want to have faith, you have to know your Lord. And how you know your Lord is spending time with Him, talking to Him, reading His Bible. Know Him. Smell Him. Know that He's around. I know he's around. I know he has a sense of humor when I lost my brakes at 75 miles an hour. And I said, Lord, first of all, forgive me for breaking the speed limit. But I make it through. Colossians 3.15. Colossians 3.15 says, Let the peace of Christ rule your hearts. Since as members of one body, you were called to be peace. I'm thankful. Allow the Lord, you know, have more faith. Have more faith. This is, this is a long, long, long sermon. We're going to finish in a minute. I'm sorry. But it's so, so wonderful to really think and understand the peace of the Lord. The last peace is the better peace. The last phase of peace. And we're going to close with this. It's peace with God. Are you in peace with God? I always ask, you know, when I was evangelizing, I always asked the, the, the question, the, you know, the teachers to ask. But I really love it. I say, if something happened to you tonight and you're in heaven tomorrow, why the Lord have to allow you to go in? And people give you so many different answers. But the answer is here. Acts 10.36. God is good news of peace. You know the message God sent to people of Israel. And I was in the good news of peace. Colossians 1.20 and through, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, 
whether things on earth or things in heaven, but making peace through His blood. We can have peace with God if we allow the blood of Jesus Christ to clean us. If we allow Him to set us free. I have this in my sermon, my sermon notes. I have two different paths yesterday ready to go. And somebody called me at 9 p.m. and said this. And I said, Lord, okay, you asked me to put this in my sermon, so I will make a hole and put it right there. It says, allow Jesus to set you free. Romans 15, 13, the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, we, we are so not free. We're, you know, we, we have anxiety, we worry, we have so many people's expectations, we have past mistakes, oh, I, you know, I, I already damaged my life failures, religious rules, unforgiveness. But the first, if you want to be free, the first step is realize you're not free. Realize that maybe in an area of your life, you're still a slave. You're still attached. You're still a slave. And maybe, oh no, I've been a Christian for so many years. Let me tell you, we can still be slaves. Slaves of sin, slaves of certain things in your life that you're not surrounding to Jesus Christ. But let me tell you something, and I'm going to close with this. Mark 10, 45. For even the Son of Man did not come to serve, but to ser- not come to be served, I'm sorry, but to serve, and give His life as a ransom for many. He rescued you. He paid the price for you and for me to be free, to give you peace. You don't have to be a slave. That's why I said we have the power of the Holy Spirit to set you free. We have the blood of Christ. If you are a believer and you think you are still a slave, allow the Lord and His Holy Spirit to work through your life and set you free. And if you don't know Jesus Christ, today is the day when you have to realize that Jesus is the way, the truth, and life. Nobody comes to the Father without Him. And He can set you free. He can give you peace with God. Because there's only one way to heaven. There's only one way to have peace with God. Jesus Christ and His blood. You just have to come to Him and and ask for forgiveness. I'm not asking you to do it in public because maybe you're worried. But if you need to do it, if you feel... That you have to do it. Look for me after the service. Look for one of the elders after the service. Go to the next step room and somebody will help you there. Ask for prayer. And if you're a believer and you know you're not having peace because you have unconfessed sin, because you need to do restitution, do it. Fix it. The Lord is a lot of action. And allow the Lord to set you free. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you very much, O Father, because we rejoice. We can have peace with you, O Father. What a wonderful peace. Peace, Your peace, O Father. Help, thank you, Father. And we call you Father because we consider ourselves your children. Thank you, Father, because we know you are alive. Because we know you're present in our life. Thank you, Lord, because you make us rest. Because you make us 
have peace with you, peace with each other. Make us peacemakers, oh Father. Allow the Holy Spirit working in every heart in this room today to help us cleaning, start cleaning our hearts. If it's an, 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 an unforgiven sin, and an, 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 so a sin that maybe they forgot about it, bring it to their attention. That way they can ask for forgiveness. If it's any... Any forgiveness that has to be done with each other, make it happen, oh Father. If it's any restitution, some payback, some is, I'm sorry, some I will fix it. Please, Lord, make it happen. Make this church, first Christian church, be called a church of peace. Where we can give the good news of peace to this world, to Salem, Ohio, and to the nations. Thank you, Father, for your peace. Make us feel your peace in the daily basis, knowing that you are in control. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen.